there is an incredible medrash where the medrash tells us that when Odomarishan was created, he could see with a very special light from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. But the Rabbani Shalom saw that in the future, the Rishonim, the wicked people, would spoil this light. And therefore the Rabbani Shalom hid this special light and it will only be seen in the future. Rabbi Chaim Kaufman Zatzal from Gate said, <coughs> Mishra Shemin explains the following, you said. He says that this light was actually the ability given to Odomarishan to clearly see the hand of Hashem in everything, from one end of the universe to the other end of the universe. In other words, Odomarishan was given a specific light to show and to feel and to realize that the Rabbani Shalom was never hiding. He had the ability to see the Rabbani Shalom in everything. That was the light, says Rabbi Chaim Kaufman Zetzel. We're in the middle of a very, very hard, long and bitter gollus. Terrible things have happened to us all the years since Chorban Beis Hamikdash, Thousands of years. And most of the time, that special light which has been hidden away, which is the light that shows us the Rabbani Shalom's hand, is hidden. And therefore we don't see the Rabbani Shalom's hand in everything, every single day. It's there, but we don't necessarily see in absolutely everything. However, there are certain times there's a flash of light. Certain times there's a flash of inspiration of light that you can see it clearly. Hanukkah is one of those times. Hanukkah is an example of a flash of light that when you see clearly the Rabbani Shalom protecting you. I'll give you a marshal. The marshal is of a prince, as every marshal always goes, that you have a prince that angered his father, the king, and as a punishment, the king sent his son, the prince, into exile. And he was sent into a very strange land. He was terrified he's going to be assassinated by all his father's enemies. One night, he heard noises outside the house, and he saw figures creeping up the path, carrying guns, he thought, oh boy, here it is. My father's enemies have come to, you know, pay, pay my father back and kill me. My end is here. All of a sudden there was a flash of lightning. And that exact moment, because it was so dark outside, he couldn't see anything. But at that exact moment there was a flash of lightning. And it became light outside. And that moment he saw his father's army soldiers. And he realized that they were there to protect him. That his father even though he's exiled him, loved him enough to send him bodyguards, to send him guards to watch him at any time. When the light lit up, he was able to see their uniform, he was able to realize that these are the people who are guarding me. And that's what Hanukkah was all about. We're in exile, it was dark, it was bitter, it was hard, it was difficult, there were challenges, as there always are challenges. But sometimes we get to see the light, and Hanukkah is a yontav, where we get to see that light, if we dig into the Yontav of Hanukkah, which we're going to do, Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to see that the light on Hanukkah, the light of the Yontav of Hanukkah, is such an incredible light, that it shows us that not only by Hanukkah is the Rabbani Shalom protecting us, but the entire lifetime that we have on this world, the Rabbani Shalom is protecting us. Chazal tell us, the Rabbanim tell us, the Chazal bring down, that the 36 candles that we light over Hanukkah correspond to the 36 hours that Odom Arisham was Zoycha to see this special light. 
And therefore, I want to tell you a Mordecai This Maisa was told by Rabbi Michal Monk uh, in the memory. He uh, dedicated a book called The Blessing of Elio, which was dedicated in the honor of his relative of Eli Monk, which the Shul Monks in London is actually, uh, he was founded by him in Golders Green in London. And the story goes like this. Listen to this. This is incredible. Rabbi Michal Monk was the rabbi of Kahala Das Yisrael Shul in Berlin. And on November 10th, 1938, the day after Kristallnacht pogrom, the Gestapo summoned him and many other the communal leaders to the ruins of the once magnificent shul in Berlin. Rabbi Monk described the devastation. The Oronai Kodesh was burnt. There was gaping holes in the walls and the entire electrical system had been destroyed in the fire. Suddenly they saw a glow. They saw something glowing from afar. In all this destruction, they saw something glowing. It was the Netomid. The Netomid had its own personal battery. It wasn't generated by the electricity of the building. It had its own battery. And had escaped all the looting and was causing a glow over the whole shore. The Nazi Amach Shemai said to him, What is this light? And Rabbi Monk says, This is our Netomid. This is our eternal light. And the German looked at him with hatred and said, You cursed Jews. You Jews are indestructible people. And the German words were prophetic because 60 years, 70 years later, we're already say, we can see clearly, even though that the whole Nazi regime, everything is gone, but we're still here. We're still lighting our manoeuvres all the years later. This Kvali Shor of the Netomid were an eternal night. And that is what Hanukkah represents. Through the darkness, through the hard, bitter gollus that we're in, there's always that light. And when you light the candles of Hanukkah, you get to see that light. And that sheds light on your whole life. And you see not only for those few minutes the light is illuminating the world, but for your whole life the light is illuminating the world. The Sfasemis writes an incredible thing. Says the Sfasemis that Hanukkah and Purim are very, very chove, very beautiful. Perhaps more beautiful than any other of the Yom Tovim. Why? Says the Sfasemis because the Rabbonim were massacring them. And even though we're in the Golis, we can still be Mekayim, Bishlemus, with all the Dikduke mitzvahs. Not so with all of the other Yomim Tovim. Most of the other Yomim Tovim require certain things that we cannot do. We can't bring Korbanus. And we can't eat the Korban Pesach. Bukhole, bukhole. But Hanukkah we can fulfill in its totality, completely Sholem. And therefore, says this Fas Emes, that's another reason why it's so beautiful, such an incredibly cherished Yomtov of Hanukkah. I want to tell you a lot in the Rambam. The Rambam says in Hilchas Hanukkah Perik Dalet Alocha Yudbeis. Listen to the Lashon of the Rambam. Mitzvah Nechanukkah, Mitzvah Chaviva Hi Ad Maoit. It's very chovit, very dear. But Sorech Adam Nizabo. Rabbi, I'm going to venture to say that in the entire Sefer Mishnah Torah, you will not find such a Lashon of the Rambam. The Rambam doesn't mince his words. He's in every word that he says. And here by Hanukkah, the Rambam says, the mitzvah in Hanukkah, mitzvah chaviva hi admoid. It's beautiful. It's so chavit. Be very careful. Why? What's so chashav by Hanukkah? It's a durabonon. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. We're trying to do it like every other durabonon. Why is it so chashav? Why is it so chavit? We have to understand Pshat and the Rambam. It's a very important Rambam. Especially when you don't find such a lotion anywhere else. The Svarim and bring down in the days of the Chashmanoim, Kalal Yisrael, 
as we know, were prevented of lighting the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash because they didn't have Shem and Tahar. Right? They were potter. They were potter from Mekayim the Mitzvah because they didn't have the instruments, they didn't have the utensils. Chazal tell us in the Gemara and Brochus Tavavavam and Aleph, Choshev Odom Lasis Mitzvah, if a person wants to do a mitzvah, the Nenas Fale Asa, he was an Oynas, he couldn't do it. He tried, didn't go. What can I do? I tried. Mala Olov HaKosuv Ki'ilu Asa. The Torah makes it Ki'ilu, he did the mitzvah. See the Tzadikim, it very much depends like this. A person can be desperate to do a mitzvah. He wants to do it. I really want to come to Shachos. I really want to do this chesed. I want to do something. I'm just prevented from doing it. I just can't do it for whatever reason. Chazal, the Sadiqim tell us that is actually better than doing the mitzvah. Why? Because it's very hard to do a mitzvah in its pure form. Very hard to do a mitzvah in its pure form. Difficult. But when you really want to do the mitzvah, that's a gavaldi kazach. Because then Ki'ilu, Chazal Talas and Gemara and Brochus, we make it as if you did the mitzvah, which means in its purest form. Which means, they did Tzadikim, that's Pshat and the Rambam. The Rambam told us the mitzvah of Hanukkah is so horrible, you know why? Because it's one of the mitzvahs that Klali saw was so desperate to be Mekai, and they wanted to do, they wanted to light the Menorah of the Beis Amikdash. They just couldn't, they didn't have anything Tahar, Tumar, Tutra, Betzibor, they were taught, they were part of they couldn't do it. But they wanted to! Therefore, the mitzvah, the union of light and Menorah, is incredibly Choshev. Because it goes through this Yisoyed that Chazal tell us that Ki'ili will make in its most purest form. I want to tell you, Mordech Gazach, that uh, Hanukkah is, by the way, a very, very chash of a yontav. I had a Talmud of mine that got accepted into Cambridge University. For those of you not from England, the Cambridge University is probably equal to, or uh, the English people will probably say superior to, uh, Harvard or Yale University, right, that you're familiar with. So he got into Cambridge. Now, it's not, I, I can imagine, I never applied but I can imagine it's pretty hard, right? It's not easy to get in accepted into Cambridge. No? Is that, is that a correct statement? Okay. So this Talmud of mine got accepted. And uh, he accepted. He's going to go, right? He got accepted into Cambridge University. Why would he not go? Now, you should know the rabbi of Cambridge University actually told him not to go. Because he told him, listen, you're very religious. And over here, it's a little bit difficult. So maybe you shouldn't come. But he said, no, I'm Cambridge, Cambridge. I got accepted. I'm going, right? So he put that on the CV. That's Gavaldic, right? So he uh, decided he's going to go. Right, but uh, as you know, before you go, you're allowed to go to Israel for a year experience in Israel. So, you know, he got his camera on his back, and there he is, with his knapsack and his camera around his neck. And he comes to Israel, and this is where I come into the picture, because I taught him. And, um, you know, he came for his year off before going to Cambridge University. Halfway through the year, he changed his mind. Decided not to go. So I said to him, what's Pshat? Cambridge University got in, now you're going to have to go to some other college, who knows what's going to be, what the job, this, that, the other. Why? What happened? He said, Hanukkah. He said, Hanukkah? Hanukkah? <laughs> Hanukkah made you change your mind? He said, absolutely. He said, I saw in the yeshiva, I was watching at the window, can I know horror, there were 30 menorahs there. 30 menorahs, the light that it did, the, the chizah that it gave me, and I was thinking, next year I'm going to be standing there by my soul, you know, in the corner, hoping no one sees what I'm doing, and I'm writing one little nebby little menorah in Cambridge University, so that depressed me. I couldn't do it. And I changed my mind. And he gave up. Why? Hanukkah. Unbelievable. My boy said, Hanukkah has a koyach, has a power that no other yomtov has. I want to spend a couple of minutes of understanding a little bit of the makar, and then we'll say a beautiful, beautiful Yisoyed Be'ezaz Hashem. Hanukkah. Let's begin. Let's talk about the Rambam. The Rambam in Perek Gimel, Halacha Aleph, says as follows. During the second Beis HaMikdash, the Greeks ruled over Eretz Yisrael, 
and they made terrible decrees on Klal Yisrael to try basically to forbid and destroy the religion. They forbade Torah mitzvahs, and eventually they entered the Beis Hamikdash, and they were metamer over there. The Chashmonor and the sons of the of the of the Kohen Gadol made a war. They won the war. They had power for approximately 200 years. People don't know that. Approximately 200 years they are powerful until the Hurban uh, Bayesheni, right? That's what it was. And on the 25th of Kislev, Chofhe Kislev, they won that war. They came into the Bayesheni, they found one pach of Shemen, enough to light for one day, the next, and it burned for eight days. The obvious question that everybody knows, there are guns of Svarim written on this question, the Bayesheni Yosef's Kasha, and the Bayesheni Yosef says, what's going on? Why do we have eight days of Hanukkah when the Maisa they found one, and there was enough to last for one, and the seven days were really the next, not the eight. So why do we have Hey, that's the base Yosef. Then there are 400,000 answers on this one. Just to give you a couple of them. Someone at Taina that the actual finding of it was an ace. Someone at Taina that they split it up into eight days and therefore even the first day was considered to be an ace in that way. There are others. There's a Me'iri that learns the Stafgas from Din Milchoma. The Milchoma was considered to be the actual nace and whatever it is, which we'll speak about by Ezra Hashem in a moment. There's, a, there's an interesting question. The Chassam Sofa asked this question. Git Naim Ches. Why did Rabbeinu HaKadosh leave Hanukkah out of the Mishnayis? Right, we've got a Masechta on Purim, we've got a Masechta on Pesach, we've got a Masechta on Sukkot, we don't have a Masechta Shanaka or anything similar to that. So there's an interesting, some Sofa asked the Kasha, there's a Chidah that wants to say, at the time of Hanukkah, there's Megillah Sofrim that basically told people um, when they should be, you know, celebrating various things. So Emelian Rabbein HaKadosh didn't have to write in that way. Uh, the, uh, the, there's another terrorist as well, the Chutah Meshulish brings down, Tamim and Hagen also brings down some Sofa, that that Rabbi Yudah Nossi was actually from, um, who wrote the Mishnayis, was Zerah Shal David HaMelech. And the Beis Chashmanoyev took the Melucha from Zerah David, and therefore he didn't want to mention it in the Mishnayis, covered his grandparents, whatever it may be. That's one shot. There are other Pshatimah which we're not going into at this moment of time. But I want to mention a very, very important insight, and that is like this. What really is the difference between Hanukkah and Purim? You know, before we start the halachas, we have to understand a little bit of the yomta. We understand what, what are we doing over here, right? What is really the difference between Hanukkah and Purim? So, the, 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 the difference really the Chavetz Chaim tells us, and that is that on Purim, the Gzeva was on the guf, it was on a physical way, right? Haman wanted to destroy us in a physical way. Whereas on Hanukkah, it wasn't on the guf. They didn't, they didn't want to kill us in a physical way. They wanted to kill us spiritually. They wanted to kill the Yiddishkeit. They wanted to kill us in a Jewish way. And therefore, they didn't care that we live, they just didn't want us to be Mekayim, the mitzvahs. And that's a whole different thing, which we will discuss. A very, very interesting thing. So, we could say another pshat as well. The avoid of Hanukkah is mysterious Nefesh. Right? They were Moise Nefesh. They were Moise Nefesh. And therefore, the avoid of Hanukkah, which we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss in different forms in the next coming days, Be'ezus Hashem. So, when it comes to, let's just think about the comparison between Purim, right? Two, Yom Tovim, Dura Bonan. When it comes to Purim, Homan made Xerah, right? So, what did they do? What did they do? They fast. They made a Yom Tzvillah. Homer made Xerah and Klal Yisrael, we're going to fast. That's what we're going to do. They made a Yom Tzvillah. He sends Esther in, the whole business, they're fasting. Comes by Hanukkah. Antiochus made Xerahs. What did they do? They fasted? No. They made a war. They got up and they said, we're going to fight. How do you know when to make a fight and when to make a Yom Tzvillah? How do you know when to say, Rabbi said we need to daven, which is what they did on Purim. They stopped, they made a Yom Tzvillah. And on Hanukkah, they didn't do a Yom Tzvillah. They said, we're going to get up and fight. What's the pshat? How do you know which one is which? So the answer has to be like this. When there's Xavier on the nefesh, when there's Xavier on, on the nefesh of Kalal Yisrael, you need to daven. Enochanami, you need to say, tell him. 
But you can't just sit there and lie in your bed and say, yeah, I'll say some tenem, I'll and everything will be okay. You've got to get up and fight. You've got to do me most in efforts. You've got to get up and do something. You've got to do something like that. You can't just hope everything goes well. You've got to get up, you've got to get into the Bismedish, you've got to fight it with all your might. Why? Because it's Xavier and the Nefesh. And Xavier and the Kuf, there's not much you could do about it. Mamela, the only thing you could do is you could do a Yom Tfila in that case. It's not just Xavier on the, on the Nefesh. The Shaila is like this, Rabbi Say. Before we go into all the halachas, of which there are very, very many, I want to speak of one particular site. If you ask someone, what was the nace of Hanukkah? What are they going to tell you? What, was the, what, what is Hanukkah? Ask a child, ask an adult. What is Hanukkah? What are they going to tell you? They found the ne'er. They found the oil, the samigdash, the chasima, the, the, the seal, they lit it, it was a nace. Wow, unbelievable. That's the nace. So we have to ask a kasha. This is the famous kasha on Hanukkah. So why is it not really written in al Why is it that when we come to the, the one filler that we add because of Hanukkah, which is al we barely mention it. Yeah, it's Bulak, keen on the side. What's the holier site? What's the holier site? It doesn't mention it very much. It mentions it mentions the war. The Muhammad, the Muhammad. Everything about it. Right? Rabbin Ba'ad Ma'atim, the whole thing that we were just a minimum. Who were we? A small amount of people against the Yavon. It didn't make any sense. Unbelievable. But the nace of Hanukkah, as we know it, is really the Pakshemen. So why don't we mention that? So I want to tell you a story of Chaim Shmulev. It's a beautiful, beautiful site. He says, I thought that the main nace was a war. That was the Muhammad. But we don't mention much about the candles. We don't mention them much of the Shemin. Says Rav Chaim Shemelevitz Marshal. You see a woman giving a baby a bath. Giving a baby a bath. How do you know? It's the mother or it's the helper? Maybe it's the babysitter. Maybe it's the cleaner. How do you know? How are you going to figure it out? You know, you've no idea who they are. How do you know if this woman here is the mother of the baby or just the helper of the baby? Says Rav Chaim Shemelevitz because after she finishes giving the bath, if she gives the baby a kiss, ah, that's the mother. If it's the helper, so I'm just giving a bath because that's what she has to do. Says Rabbi Chaim the Rabbi Shalom had to save us. The Rabbi Shalom had to save us. It's our tochah that we're always going to be here. The Rabbi Shalom had to take us out of this terrible Xeris. He had to save us. But how do we know? How do we know that it's a real saving? How do we know that it was something that's going to last, says Rabchaim Shmulevitz, when you get a kiss afterwards, after the war, after we won the war, which the Rabbani Shalom had to do, we had to continue, the Rabbani Shalom gave us a kiss, an extra hug. What was that? That was the lighting of the menorah. That was the oil that they had. And therefore, you don't say thank you for the kiss. You say thank you for the bath. The kiss is just something that shows who you are. And therefore, that's when Alanisim we only mention the war. We don't mention the kiss or find it. We mention it, but not as a main thing of finding the oil, because that was just a kiss after the Rabbanshim showed his immense love for us, which is an amazing thing, because we find it so many times. Right, by Yosef at Sadiq, when he went down to Mitzrayim, the Torah tells us there were spices there. Why? Chazal tell us, because Xerah is Xerah. Yosef had to go down to Mitzrayim. It had to be done for our sake. But the Rabbanshim gave him a kiss, he gave him a hug. He gave them spices that smell nice as opposed to petrol and gas that normally these people go down with. And it happens so many times in our own lives. The Abunshim does Xavier, things are difficult, things are hard, there are challenges. And the Abunshim gives us a hug at the same time. I have a cousin of mine in Sirotskin, very, very Choshev, he is a Boki, Bechol Hashas, Rishonim, Vedachroinim. He gives six Dafiyomi Shurim every single day with Bi'iyan. 
And he told me over the following Maisa, his daughter, Rahman Lutzlam, was, was diagnosed with a very, very bad illness. Very, very dangerous, very life-threatening illness. Never, she passed away from that oh, a few years, uh, a year or two after she was diagnosed. But at the time when she was very, very sick, he said over that he had to go always to Bnei Brak, to the hospital over there. And it was very difficult for him to go to Bnei Brak to find rides and have a car. She said he found the most amazing thing. He needed to go to, he needed to, go to, to Bnei Brak to go to the hospital. He was walking with his daughter to figure out how am I going to get there? This bus, this mahalak, that mahalak. Someone rolls down the window and a car passing by and says, where are you going? He says, um, I'm going to Bnei Brak. Oh, perfect. Jump inside. I'm going right there. He said, in the hospital. He had to leave back to Yerushalayim. There was a guy walking in the car. Anybody going to Yerushalayim? I'm going to Yerushalayim. He said, let's follow. He said, Xera is Xera. Sometimes the Rabban Shem does something. But I felt the Rabban Shem was giving me that extra hug, that extra kiss. That's the associates of Chaim Shemelevitz of what Hanukkah represents. And that's how we started. That the light that Odom Arishan saw for those 36 hours, which was taken away, which is the side of what Hanukkah is, with what the Tadikim say is what represents the whole 36 nearest that we light, is all because Hanukkah represents that even it's dark, it's horrible, there are challenges, there are difficulties. But the light of Hanukkah, the Yontav of Hanukkah, is something that lights up our own lives. And Be'ez HaShem, we should be Zoycha to understand this, to live this, to feel this. And the Rabbi Shalom will give us all of us the Yatadishma in our lives. Have a wonderful day.